might suggest, Day showed no regard for accepted etiquette. At the dinner table, his manners appalled Edgeworth's father. Whether Day slurped his soup or rested his muddy boots on the table was left unsaid, but certainly Edgeworth Sr. took a violent prejudice against Day, in consequence of something in the manner of his eating and sitting at table which appeared unsuitable to his rank in life. Over tea in the parlour, Day made no attempt at small talk, preferring either to remain sulkily silent or to stand and declaim his dogmatic views loudly and at length. Yet for all his slovenly appearance and boorish manners, there was evidently something about the youth that appealed to some men, Edgeworth for one, and occasionally some women. Day's firm commitment to human rights struck a chord with his fellow radicals, while his determination to help those worse off than himself had earned him many admirers. University friends at Oxford and fellow law students in London treated Day as something of an absent-minded philosopher or a romantic rebel. His espousal of chivalric values and classical heroes harked back to a past age. His opposition to the class system and traditional hierarchy seemed to anticipate a distant future. Certainly his ideas were out of step with a consumer-driven, celebrity-obsessed, fashion-mad culture which was dominant in Georgian Britain. At first, therefore, Day and Margaret appeared to have nothing in common. Repulsed by her brother's loutish friend and his daring ideas, Margaret kept out of his way as much as politeness allowed. Equally contemptuous of his friend's elegant sister and her polished manners, Day gave Margaret a wide berth. Today, Margaret represented a sort of being for which he had a feeling of something like horror, her brother Edgeworth recorded. And so for the first few weeks in the large country house, the pair had maintained an awful distance. But as they spent more and more time together during uncomfortable meals and strained social occasions over the early summer of 1768, they had gradually discovered some mutual interests. Margaret found herself increasingly intrigued by the eccentric Englishman. She too had been disappointed in love by a dashing but unsuitable English army officer, and Day offered a refreshing contrast to the fawning beau who usually competed for her attentions. Managing to overlook his lack of grooming and poor social skills, she was moved by the powerful monologues Day delivered on improving the lot of humanity, and grew to admire his philanthropic plans. Drawing Day into conversation, noted Edgeworth, Margaret's Easy manners and agreeable conversation managed to unbend Day's aloof conduct. At the same time, Day became entranced by his clever and attractive hostess. He discovered a shared interest in literature and nature, as well as a differing of opinion on the importance of etiquette and aristocratic habits. According to Edgeworth, his smart little sister could always run rings around Day when arguing her point. It was only when he was alone with Day that Edgeworth found... Mr. Day's eloquence prevailed. As in the best of romantic comedies, the cut and thrust of verbal sparring led to heated passions. At the beginning of August, Day cautiously proposed to Margaret, and she tentatively accepted. When the pair announced their intentions to the assembled family, Edgeworth Sr. refused point-blank to give the marriage his blessing, having taken resolutely against the scruffy English youth from prejudices too ridiculous to mention in Day's words.
but Margaret determined that she would go ahead regardless, and so the pair agreed that they would marry as soon as Day turned twenty-one the following summer. Postponing his return to London so that he and his future spouse could get to know each other a little better, Day stayed on in the Edgeworth country home as the summer faded. In retrospect, this was not such a good idea, for as Day outlined his vision of marital bliss, Margaret's ardour began to cool. Inspired by an admiration for the Stoics, the ancient Greek school of philosophy devoted to noble virtue and self-sacrifice, Day intended to live a frugal existence in a secluded rural retreat, devoid of all comforts or diversions, and with only his future spouse for company. Impassioned by the ideas of Jean-Jacques Rousseau, the Geneva-born philosopher who urged a return to nature, Day believed that with the right partner they would both find joy and fulfilment in austere isolation. And to gild his picture of happy married life,